our series in Hebrews. We're coming towards the end of it now. Uh, and this is the whole uh, subject, really, of faith and what it, what it looks like to have faith uh, and what faith can achieve and what faith does uh, and how it changes uh, situations. And so uh, this is what I want to particularly look at. And we're just going to look at Hebrews uh, chapter 11 and we're going to read uh, three verses there, uh, verse 32 to 34. The, the writer has gone through a whole load of individuals and talked about them, and now he's sort of summing up, uh, you know, people that he didn't have a chance <laughs> to include or go into any detail with. So it says in verse 32, it says, And what more shall I say? I do not have time to tell you about Gideon and Barak and Samson and Jephthah, about David and Samuel and the prophets, who, through faith, conquered kingdoms, administered justice, and gained what was promised, who shut the mouths of lions, quenched the fury of the flames, and escaped the edge of the sword, whose weakness was turned to strength, and who became powerful in battle, and routed foreign armies. So here he's, he's sort of lumping a whole load of people together, and we could spend weeks and weeks looking at each one of those, um, like we've done it, um, uh, with some of the other characters, to see what they did, what acts of faith. And some of them are quite surprising. Some of them I wouldn't have included. Um, Samson is a bit of a strange one. Uh, he, 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 he managed to, to do amazing things, um, but really wasn't the best of character. And yet he's still included here. Barak is another one, who, um, who was a bit, uh, a bit weak and timid, um, and yet God still used him and is included here. Some are even mentioned by name, but their, um, their acts are. So, um, shut the mouths of lions, well that was Daniel. Uh, he was uh, one, was a, a man of, of great faith, who saw great things happen. Uh, quenched the fury of the flames. Who, who, would that, who would that be? Anybody? Daniel, yeah, he wasn't in the flames, if you remember. Who was in... The, that's it, Shadrach... Meshach and Abednego, or Meshach, your shack and a bungalow. That's a good way of remembering it. Um, yeah, so all these people are just sort of summed up here. But what I want to look at, I'm not going to look at individuals particularly, although I will mention them. I want to look at the phrase uh, that uh, the writer here uses um, in verse 34, which is this that whose weakness was turned to strength. Whose weakness was turned to strength. And uh, this is a, a fundamental, I would say, teaching of the Bible. Um, if you look through a lot of the characters we look at, um, what characterises them is that they're pretty weak. Gideon is an We often refer to him as a great uh, hero in that he was, when we, when we, when we see him, he, uh, he's uh, threshing uh, wheat in a wine press, it's the wrong place to thresh wheat, he's fearful, he's down there because he doesn't want anybody to see him, and when, when uh, the angel of the Lord comes to him, he says, oh, you know, do, oh, you know God's not with us, uh, my clan's the weakest, I'm the weakest, I'm, you know, I'm useless, I'm hopeless, there's no point in, you know, why are you talking to me? 
And so we see in, in Gideon an example of someone who considered himself incredibly weak. We look at others. We look at David. Um, he's mentioned, and, and you look at that he was basically ignored, sent out into the field. Um, and when Samuel came to anoint him as king, his dad didn't even consider him. And he brought all his other sons and said, "Surely it's going to be one of these." And and then and then he got to the end and thought, "Oh, oh well, that's odd." Oh, well, of course it's David, but it can't be him. And so here we have a picture of people who God used, who were on the outside very weak and insignificant. (coughs) Um, And yet that is a theme that goes way through. And we can look at many characters in the Bible who look initially very, very weak and frail. Moses is another example. Um, Couldn't speak, wasn't able to do. What, he, what God wanted him to do, he felt. Um, but it's not just Old Testament that this thing comes through. It's, it's all the way through the Bible. So the New Testament says this. Uh, Romans 8, verse 26. Um, don't have to turn to it. Um, it's recognised that we're weak because it says there that the Spirit helps us in our weakness. So God has got this picture of us. He knows that we have areas of weakness, that's what the Spirit does. Um, <clears throat> and Paul, a uh, famously uh, amazing man of God, we, we, we look at him and we think, wow, what a man. What a man. And yet he goes on about weaknesses quite a lot. Um, uh, let me turn to this. Um, 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 9. here talking about an affliction that we're not exactly clear uh, what it is, but he was he was given something uh, that made him feel weak. Okay. Um, uh, we also know at the end of his life his eyesight was very bad, so he, he couldn't see very well. Um, and so he had other health issues, if you like. Um, and this is what God said this is. It says, but he said to me, this is Paul saying, God said to me, my grace is sufficient for you for my power is made perfect in weakness. And so Paul was well aware that he had areas of weakness in him, um, either physical or, or, or whatever it might be. He was aware that, that he wasn't the strong, fully formed person that he would love to have been. And yet, he was an amazingly used man of God. And I say as he, and yet, actually it's not and yet, because that weakness was actually the vehicle through which God could work. And this is, this is the key to understanding this. That actually we understand that weaknesses aren't a disqualification. Weaknesses that we all have are not a disqualification. See, Paul goes on in that verse to say, Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. 
For when I am weak, then I am strong. Now, I must be honest with you, I don't always take Paul's viewpoint as I should. As a young lad, uh, the youngest of my family, competing with my older brothers uh, and losing a race or losing when we were having a play fight, thinking, yes, I'm weak, I lost. <laughs> Didn't do that, I must say. I was, there, was a, there was a competitiveness about me thinking, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try really hard. Uh, one day I'm going to beat them. Um, we get on very well, so it's okay. But, um, so, so I didn't necessarily all the way through, and I often don't rejoice in my weaknesses. I have to be honest with you. And yet, when I look back at things that I've done and, and uh, areas where God has used me, it is often, and, and I was thinking about this, often when I felt most inadequate, uh, that I and I stepped into it. Nevertheless, that God. Uh, I was most successful, if, if I can put it that way. Um, and uh, one of my heroes in the Bible is, is uh, Timothy, not surprisingly, my namesake in the Bible. And Paul often spoke to him and said, um, "Don't be timid, don't be shy, don't be, don't you know, you know, don't let people look down on you." And and I felt like that. I often feel like that. I still feel like that all the way through. Uh, and, and, and Paul was saying, you know, remember who you serve. Remember who is with you. And, and it's often the case. And, and actually, I was saying often the case, it's always the case. And God doesn't look for people that are worldly strong to do his work. They tried that with King Saul. He was head and shoulders above everyone else. Uh, he looked the part of the king. Um, and uh, and uh, he wasn't particularly confident, but he, you know, he looked. The people said, yeah, he's a good king. He's tall. He's strong. He'll be a good king. He was a disaster. Because we, he was looking at worldly strength, not godly strength. He wasn't aware of his weaknesses that God could then use to be a strength. And so using uh, our own strength is a hindrance because we don't leave room for God's power. So we might ask ourselves, do I feel weak in areas? You see, there may be something that God's put on your heart and you think, I would love to be able to to, to do something in that area. But you know what? I just feel totally inadequate. I feel disqualified. I don't have what it takes to do this. And maybe God's put something on your heart and you think, I would love in this area of my life. Maybe it's a personal thing. Maybe you're thinking, oh, you know, if only I could, I could do something here. But you know what? I haven't got the strength. I, I'm just too weak. I, I'm inadequate. Or maybe something, you know, you see something in your family or your workplace, and you think, if only I could influence this, if only I could do so, but no one's going to listen to me. No one, you know, I I haven't got the wherewithal, I don't have the authority, I don't have anything. Nothing's going to change here. Or maybe it's in the community, maybe it's something, you know, you you were hearing what we're saying about the community, and say, yeah, I'd love to see something happen in the community, but it's not going to be through me. 
I haven't got, I can't speak. I can't, I can't do this. I can't, I can't, you, I haven't got any talents. I haven't got any gifting in this area. I'd love to see it. I believe, you know, I'd love to see something, but it's not me. Well, if you ever think like that, then I want you to, to uh, as we go through this morning, just to see, actually, maybe God is saying to you, that's exactly how I want you to be, because I want to use you. Because I want you to be a vehicle for my power to be displayed. Because if you came into this and saying, yeah, I can do this, yeah, we can go out there, we can, we can save them all, we can, we can change everything, yeah, I can do that. That's, it's a bit more difficult for God to use. Now, I'm not saying, you know, some of you may have come through something and think, yeah, no, God's really equipped me, I have got something, then great. Yeah, I, I don't want to discourage people that in God they are fully confident because actually they've been through this. But actually, if you're feeling weak, maybe, maybe this is exactly what God is wanting you to do and say, actually, yeah, I'm weak, but I'm available and I'm ready for God to use me. And I'm ready to be a vehicle for God's power to come. See, Paul understood this. In 1 Corinthians 2, verse 1 to 5, he says this. <clears throat> when I came to you, he's talking to the Corinthians, I did not come with eloquence of human wisdom as I proclaimed to you the testimony about God. For I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. <clears throat> I came to you in weakness and with great fear and trembling. My message and preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power, so that your faith might not rest on human wisdom, but on God's power. Paul saw a... He was... No, he was stirred. He wanted to... He was called to be uh, a, a missionary, a, a preacher to the Gentiles. He, he knew that's what his calling was. And, and yet when he saw it, and he thought, oh, Corinth... That major city. What am I going to do there? How on earth am I going to get in there? Lord, I'm weak. I'm, 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 wor- I'm fearful of this. I have no idea. God, you're going to have to show up. I'm going to go because I feel called. I've got, I'm, I'm totally inadequate for this job. I can't do it, but God, you're going to have to show up. I'm going to go because that's what I feel your call is. And of course he goes there and says, God, unless you turn up, this is a waste of time. And of course God shows up. And there's a, a major revival, people are saved, and, and this massive church starts. Uh, no, it goes a bit wrong at times, but nevertheless, uh, you know, and he comes and, and, and tries to, to help them and, and lead them in the right way. But nevertheless, his understanding is clear. Yeah, it's not dependent. Actually, I'm, I'm quite weak for this. But actually, I'm believing on the presence of God to come. I'm believing on the Spirit. I'm believing that I'm going to be a channel of God's power to be displayed. And you know what? That belief is what changed the situation. It was a genuine belief in the resources of heaven were available to Paul that got him into Corinth and got him seeing amazing things take place. And we haven't got time to look at all that went on there. But, uh, you know, basically churches grew up, the church grew up that, that came simply because Paul went there in obedience to God's call, in weakness, but believing that resources of heaven were with him. And that is our, how our um, breakthroughs will happen. Not that we are super confident, 
but that we are aware that we might be weak, but we have an amazing God and we have an open heaven. Amen. There was an interesting incident that occurred uh, with Jesus. Again, I'm going to read this out to you. Uh, In Mark 9. Um, And uh, again, it's just an example of Jesus helping somebody to see themselves differently, or to see differently. Now there's a boy there in Mark 9, a a father who's got a boy who's been troubled by an evil spirit from uh, very young. And he brought him to the disciples, the disciples couldn't deal with it, and and the, the guy was desperate. He was in a place of total weakness. And he said this, and Jesus asked the boy's father, how long, he brought him to Jesus, and Jesus asked the boy's father, how long has he been like this? This is Mark 9, verse 21. Sorry if, that, um, if you're following me. I'm not doing this very well. Okay. So Jesus asked the boy's father, how long has he been like this? From childhood, he asked. He has often thrown him into the fire or, or water to kill him. But if you can do anything, take pity on us and help us. This man was desperate. He wanted his son to be healed. And he came to Jesus saying, if if, if you can do something for him. There was a real weakness about him. There was a real sense of helplessness about the guy. And Jesus didn't simply say, no, Jesus could have said, of course I can help him. I'm Jesus. I'm God. I can do anything. Now, he could have said that. He didn't. He was much more concerned about the guy. And so he says to the guy, in verse 23, if you can, said Jesus, everything is possible for the one who believes. He turned it around. He turned it back to the guy and said, look, look, actually the issue isn't with me. (laughs) The issue isn't with me. The issue isn't with heaven. Heaven's got every resource available. Amen we could possibly hope for or think of. That's not the issue. The issue is with what you believe. So he goes to the guy and says, actually, everything is possible for those who believe. So it's not me that needs to change. It's not me that needs to try very hard to heal your son. It's you needing to think, actually, I believe in the power of God. I believe in God being for me. I believe that I'm a child of the, of the King. And therefore, all the resources of heaven open to me. And that is the key that these people in the Old Testament that we read about and gone through, like Gideon, Gideon was spoken over and said, you're a mighty warrior and I am with you. Now Gideon had a choice at that point to look back at his weakness and say, I'm still weak. You know, okay, I, I, yeah, it's all very good, but actually look at me, I'm weak. Uh, I'm, my clans are weakest. God's not with us. It's all very well. He could have chosen not to believe. And Israel would have still stayed uh, captivity in captivity. But he didn't. He chose to believe the words of God. He, he probably struggled and thought, really? I'm a mighty... Really? God's with us? Really? Okay. Right. I, I'm, yeah. Okay, God. You said it. I'm going to go for this. And that's often all that it takes. God, you said it. 
I'm going to go for this. I, I'm struggling here a bit. Oh, I can't really see it. My circumstances are shouting at me something totally different to this. But actually, no, I'm going to choose to believe your word. I'm going to choose to believe what you said over me. And I'm going to go for it. And of course he did. And saw a great, great victory. You see, whatever our weaknesses, and we all got them, whatever our inadequacies that we think we are, and we all think like that at times, God's grace is sufficient to overcome it. I want to take you to one more verse, if I may. And it's Romans 5, verse 17. Now this is a bit slightly uh, different tack, but it's saying the same thing in the end. It says in Romans 5, verse 17, it says this, If by one trespass, or by the trespass of the one man, death reigned through that one man, which of course was Adam, how much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and of the gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ? The writer here is pointing out that Adam, through his sin, caused the world to fall, and us with it. But then came Jesus, and that one man sorted everything out and raised us up. And through Jesus Christ, not only do we get forgiven, we receive grace, and it says there, we reign in life. That's quite a, that's quite a statement. We reign in life. Now, I don't know how many of you think, and you get up every day, and you go through life, and you think, yeah, I reigned today, nothing went wrong, I didn't slip up, everything was as it should be. I don't, I don't, I don't experience many days like that, but the truth of the Bible is that we reign in life. And it's all to do with how we perceive our lives. I'm going to give you a little story. Not true, but it's just a story that I've made up. Okay, so picture this young child walking through the streets. He and uh, he's in a town where things have gone badly wrong. He he sees people fighting, and he goes over and he tries to stop them, and he just gets pushed away. And he feels, oh, oh, this is terrible. And he then walks past a, a beggar on the street, and he feels so sorry for him. Uh, and yet, I can't do anything. This guy is, you know. And then he, he goes past someone lying down who's clearly hurt himself. And, and he thinks, oh, if only I could, if only I, you know, if I was a doctor or something, or, or if there was something around. And he, and he just walks past and he says, I am so helpless here. And then a few weeks later, uh, someone comes on horseback. This is, I'm dating this back into the 80s. I don't know why. Um, <laughs> stick with me on this. Okay. And he, and he spots the child. He says, ah, we found him. The lost prince. And so they pick the child up and take him to the palace. Suddenly, this lad has a completely different perspective. He now is in the palace. He has the resources of the kingdom around him. He has authority. 
And so now he looks out on the street and he orders the soldiers to break up the fights. And he uses the resources he's got to uh, give some help to the poor. And then he reduces the resources of the kingdom that he's now uh, one of the leaders in to set up some hospitals. Now, it's the same young lad. It's the same boy. And yet he sees it totally differently now. He now sees, instead of his weakness and, well, I can't do anything here, he sees it from a different perspective with the resources of the kingdom that he is part of, that he has authority in, and he says, I can do something about that. I can do something about uh, this violence. I can do something about this poverty. I can do something about this health issue. Because I, I'm, 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 I'm a child of the king. I have the resources of the kingdom available to me. It's just, he didn't realise it at the time. He just didn't believe it. He didn't know it. I believe God wants us to change the way we view ourselves and who we are in God. Yeah, we are a young lad or a young child, a young girl, in one sense. But we have the resources of heaven available to us. And it's a case of perception. It's believing that what we were singing about today... And what, what Katrina was, was teaching us with and what, what was actually that heaven's resources are available to us. Mm. That heaven is open. And that we, yeah, we may be weak, we may feel totally inadequate, but actually my inadequacy is a channel for God's power to be displayed. It's a channel for God's power to come. That he's going he's gonna to use my weakness to display his power. And so I would say to you that if you have felt any weakness, that is your qualification for God's power to be displayed. And if you're feeling weak or inadequate about a particular situation, I would say God is prompting you to say, that is where I want you to work. Because I can display my power through that. I want to display my power through you. I want you to be my channel in your family, in your workplace, in this community, I want you to be my, a channel for my power to be seen. It's all a case of, yeah, God, I believe you. I believe you. I believe heaven is open. I believe heaven is available to us. I believe I am a child of the King. That the resources of heaven have been given to me. The authority of heaven has been given to me. Because that's what the Bible says. Amen. That's what I can do. And I'm going to reign in life. I'm not going to be conquered by this life. Because that's what you said. Through Jesus Christ, I reign in life. And I'm going to take that and I'm going to live by that truth. Okay. I just want us to close our eyes for a moment. And I want to make some declarations, very simple ones. It says in, I think Joel, it says, let the weak say, I am strong. So I want us to say that. After three, one, two, three. I am strong. I am strong. I am strong. My weakness 
is turned to strength. My weakness is turned to strength. My weakness is turned to strength. And I reign in life. I reign in life. Yeah, Jesus. Father, I just want to just, just ask you, Lord, right now, in this moment, God, I pray that, Father, where people have felt inadequate and weak about situations in their personal life, in their family life, in their workplaces, in the community, or whatever it is, Lord, I pray right now, change their mindset that they may believe that in their weakness you will give them everything they need and you and they will be a channel for your glory and your power to be displayed. And I pray right now that hope will come even into, into hearts and lives right now. Hope will come right now into those areas that have looked hopeless. And God, that there will be a true trust in you, that you will display your power through them. Thank you, Jesus. Come, Lord. Bring hope right now. Bring release from burden. Bring relief from, I've got to do something about it, but I don't know what, God. I pray, God, that be released. And the hope of the glory and the power of God to come will flood people's hearts right now. And they will know that they have the resources of heaven. They may not understand. You may not know exactly what you're supposed to do. God will, God will show you. But actually you have the resources of heaven to see a change. To see situations change. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. Bless you. God, I pray, Lord, we, Lord, it's all about, as you spoke to that man, everything is possible for those who believe. God, I pray, God, that we would change our mindsets, Lord, and choose to believe what you say. Choose to believe that heaven is open. Choose to believe that I am a child of the King, and all the resources and authority of heaven is available to me. God, and that you are towards us, and heaven is open. Lord Jesus, we just we just want to see so much happen in this in this area, in our families, in our workplaces. God, we just long to see much take place. God, we just pray. Let us be those that are a channel for your blessing to come. Yeah, in Jesus' name. Amen.